0: in the first century Near East. When the historical Jesus walked the earth, healing were an entirely interpersonal phenomenon. The individuals at Gennesaret sought to touch the hem of Jesus's garment or otherwise extract a personal cure from him. Healing was a simple and straightforward matter, but as we are aware, these days large systems facilitate or impede interpersonal encounters between patients and caregivers. Whether or not we can fathom how the big systems work, we at least suspect that certain system based policies, stakeholder interests, and the like probably influence the quality and quantity of available health care before any of us meets a provider and profit optimization determinative in our time don't appear in the simple healing accounts of the Bible. I'd like to consider a few of the challenges to healing in the 21st century from a Christian perspective. That begins with the love of the Creator for all the people equally. It seems unarguable that health care should be the same for everyone, everywhere. But it plainly isn't equal. I'd like to spotlight some people and circumstances I personally know, and have worked with, on the front lines of impoverished African villages. A few years ago, I wrote a biography of Jones Laviwa, a Malawian social country director there. Included in it is an account of an experience he had when doing relief work just inside the Mozambique border during that country's vicious civil war of the 1990s. Quote, after distributing corn, blankets, and clothes, from the back of our truck. We decided to call it a day. As we loaded the supplies, a group of displaced people arrived. Among them was a 13-year-old girl, held up by both arms by two people, because on her own, She was unable to walk or even stand. She was so wasted with hunger as to be a walking skeleton. The group asked for food, but we had only a half bag of unmilled corn left. We told them we could give them only blankets and clothes. These they refused. Then in a flash, they pounced on the half bag of corn and tore it to pieces. They fought among themselves to grip the bag. Corn scattered on the ground. Then everybody Men, women, and children, except the 13-year-old who was too weak to do anything, knelt on the ground, picked up the grain, and chewed it raw. Within minutes, not a single grain remained. Most of my staff were in tears. The 13-year-old was the most needy, but no one shared anything with her. Even had she managed to get some corn, I am sure she could not have been able to chew it dry as it was. Close quote. that's what starvation is it is of course a paramount public health issue in today's world here's a different aspect of public health in our time after living and working through the miracle of antiretrovirals finally seeping into Africa's rural areas and the longed-for slowing of hideous HIV death rates, I stepped down from the Africa work. I learned just then that one of our clinical officers, the in charge, of one of our mobile health clinics, a lovely man named Henry Benny had awakened one night with a severe asthma attack. His friend, James Salamone, another of our clinical officers, drove him at top speed in one of our ambulances to the Mulanji District Hospital. But this major government facility, finally equipped to distribute anti-HIV medications, had no anti-asthma medications, nor breathing devices, that could have saved Henry's life. In Africa, this kind of situation is well known. They call it a stockout. Henry died of plain old asthma, leaving a widow and several children. Not long after, One of our nursing scholarship students also had an asthma attack and was taken to a different government hospital. There also were no resources for treating asthma. She was put into a bed. Her father realized she was not being helped And in his desperation, he carried her to the only person he knew who might be able to save her life. That was the healer in his village, a witch doctor, so called by some. She died in his hut, as did the fetus she carried. Asthma would not have killed any of them if they had happened to live in a wealthy country. Here is what I believe God wants to have said concerning healing on this Sunday morning in the year of our Lord 2021. Today, the great health issues are intertwined with grotesque income disparities across the world. These disparities are not imposed upon us by nature but by societal structures created by people. People designed and organized societies and the businesses in them expressly to optimize profits and pool more wealth in the already wealthy, in the already rich neighborhoods of the already rich countries. It is not accidental, but deliberate, that poor and racial minority people who live elsewhere die. A Christian perspective, however, says these structures made by people should be brought into alignment with the divine love of all equally. I am haunted by an echo of decades past, quote, but I didn't know. The moral theologians helpfully differentiated invincible from vincible ignorance. The former pertains to information one had no way of knowing. Invincible ignorance is excusable. Vincible ignorance, however, Describes situations where information is available, but one decides to ignore it. That is inexcusable. For your consideration and mine, might we spare a thought for the global poor? Might we assume personal responsibility for equitable health care across the planet and over its arbitrary boundaries set by people. Might we privileged, I am among them, seek healing for ourselves in spirit, for generosity and tenacity so that the rest of the world may have a better chance in body to avoid starvation, to breathe literally, and by God's grace even have a chance to flourish.